Hey y'all, one quick note about this episode. We recorded uh, together with David on Zoom and Zoom was being a little bit glitchy that day. So this is not the best audio quality and for that we do apologize. However, David is the best guest that we could we could have on this topic. So I hope you'll enjoy and let's get on with the show. To all who come to our happy place, welcome to the No Guilt Disney Podcast, where we have no guilt about our love for all things Disney. We are three Disney fangirls who probably know more about the Bigly Okay with that. That's definitely one of the most true statements I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely can get on board with that one. Uh, Hello, everyone. My name is Teresa, and you can find me on Twitter at Gertie the Dino. I'm Jane, and you can find me on Instagram at RealMouseWifeWDW. Hey y'all, I'm Patty Holiday from NoGuiltDisney.com and No Guilt Travel, a travel agency that specializes in Disney and Universal Vacations. You can find me on all socials at No Guilt Life. And today we've got a special guest. David Alpert is with us. And Jane, go ahead and introduce David. Tell us all about him. No pressure. So um, we stumbled upon this podcast that David has. I'll let him tell you a little bit about it. Um, but it is Disney themed and Broadway. And I will tell you that I absolutely loved driving in my car and listening to Susan Egan, the voice of Meg, telling me about her Disney memories. It was amazing. So well, you- thank you so much for having me, Teresa, Jane, and Patty. It's so nice to be here and connecting with other Disney fans. It's what makes the community so cool. Uh, The podcast kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, You might have heard that there's a pandemic happening. Wait, what? What's going on? It's this crazy thing. (laughs) Some people aren't aware of it yet, but you'll learn soon. True story. Um, But, you know, when when the Disney parks closed and I work in the Broadway community and that closed, it really was heartbreaking, to say the least. And and while we focus on social justice, you know, there was still a, a hole in many of our hearts. So... Um, I started this podcast and uh, it combines my two loves, which um, are Broadway and Disneyland. Uh, And it's been really exciting to connect with the Broadway community that love Disney parks. And it's not lost on me. The theatrical experience of both of them are so fun. And you forget that some of these huge stars like Susan, who, you know, we look at and we're, you know, we're so excited that, but she also grew up going to Disneyland. And I love hearing about those stories that we can all connect to. Yeah, I mean, definitely not Broadway, but uh, whenever I see Ming-Na Wen talking about her love for the Disney parks, I get so excited because stars, they're just like us, right? You know, they, <laughs> they love right. Disney too. Uh, so yeah, no, that's, I think that's one of the most fun marriages. And we're so glad that we were able to bring you on, talk a little bit about your show and I don't know, introduce you to our audience and hopefully you'll, you'll get a few listeners who will pop on over. What's the name of the podcast, David? The podcast is called E-Ticket to Broadway. For those of us that remember the ticket books and all that, <laughs> uh, that wonderful nostalgia. And uh, what's cool about all the different Disney podcasters included, you know, and I will definitely defend you. There is no guilt whatsoever, but um, <laughs> I, I was listening to some of your fun games, the uh, Never Have I Ever. I've never gasped so much. <laughs> and I think when you listen, it's like, it's like, oh, you've never been on the Matterhorn? Everyone in their, in their journey. 
everyone's got a little bit of different Disney story to tell. And that's what we love that's about, um, that's what we just love about the community. And it's, it is a lot of fun. All right. So Jane, what are we, what are we doing next? What are, what's going on from here? So uh, what we thought today was that we're going to um, talk about some of our favorite shows that are in the parks um, so that each of us can kind of touch on that. I know that we've had some episodes where we're seeing the other day, we never really talk just about the shows. So what a perfect guest to have to talk about shows in the parks than David. So let's start with you, David. Why don't you tell us about one of your favorite shows? (laughs) Well, what's so cool is I think for so many of us, you're exactly right that our first experience with theater is at a Disney theme park. For me, I mean, definitely you can't beat Fantasmic. And I'm talking about the original at Disneyland. I was going to um, say, please tell me you mean the Disneyland version because we're going to be Fantasmic. It is a theme on my podcast that I, I do prefer the one in California, but I support <laughs> everyone. But definitely there's something magical. And I will never forget that during the day, you you know, you look at the Rivers of America and Tom Sawyer Island and it totally looks like nothing's there. And the show just appears and then disappears. And to me, that's magic. And when I did go to the one in Florida, I was, oh, why are we walking to bleachers? Oh, why do we see the, the lights? Uh, <laughs> and what's the Pocahontas sequence? Question mark. But the, to me, what Fantasmic does so well is it talks about imagination and good versus evil. And it's just thrilling. I remember seeing it as a kid with, you know, we were filming it with those old camcorders as though we would get good footage. But it was having to relay that to my friends and family in Michigan, it was like, they, there's water and there's live action and, and then there's, there's cartoons and there's really thrilling. And I think as a live stage show at Disney, Fantasmic has to be, if not the best, one of the best. Well, and when they were reopening Shanghai, when the Disney parks were reopening, when they were part of the introduction for that was they were playing the music from Fantasmic. And I think that's, that's just the kind of a sign of how universal that show is and how beloved, like that music itself, I will hear it. And I started to get choked up. Like there's not, there's not lyrics to it. It's nothing. There's, you know, that's not triggering anything in my imagination that it brings you the spirit of wonder. I, I love Fantasmic so much. I'll tell you the, um, like the last five minutes of Fantasmic is my favorite music i think of all time it's when the mark twain turns the corner it's it's mm-hmm. just that that uh, through the end it's just like yeah and you get your ribbons and you dance <laughs> you are in it to win we're, it we're all dancing over here guys yeah. <laughs> i hope everybody at home is doing it as well because i know you're all hearing it in your head as we're speaking that's so fun i remember um i worked at the disney store when phantasmic first started And it was like this brand new show in Disneyland. And we were so mad because I'm from New York. So I I always came down to Florida. And I just remember how mad. And we would have to go all the way to California to see it. And I, it took me, I mean, it took me a very long time until I saw Fantasmic out in California. But when they finally brought it to Florida, I was so excited to come and see it. And then I remember when I went back to California, I was like, why is this different? This is very strange, <laughs> but better, but different, but strange. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say that you, and I know you talk about this on your podcast as well, some strong opinions that may not be popular. This past system for Fantasmic, it, I didn't like it. There's something 
um, really delightful about like running in for that second show safely, but getting that spot. And I'm definitely being attacked by my cat right now as I record this. <laughs> um, um, who's very angry that I haven't introduced him, but uh, it's fine. But I, I, I think there's something magical about Phantasmic that it just appears and disappears. And when you create a system around it, that's, to me, it took away some of that magic. But I think to answer your question, just that it's Phantasmic. It is. Though I did share, um, and I didn't quite realize this at the time, there's, <laughs> I called it the hi-ho tape. There was... Um, for the 50th anniversary of Snow White, there was a show at Disneyland that celebrated the Snow White story. And it was the most 80s spectacular <laughs> that I'd ever seen. And at the time, it, it, was, it was kind of the story. And then Snow White showed up and then you had all the elements of it. But there were parts of that show that as I became a professional director in New York, I'd be staging something and definitely would, had that moment of, oh, yeah, that's definitely from Hi-Ho. And I, I, it, it wasn't called, it was like called singing, dancing, something else. But um, I think when we think back to these shows at Disney, they, they affect us in such a deep way, a really mm-hmm. wonderful way. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you that one of my all-time favorite shows is they used to do The Hunchback of Notre Dame in Hollywood Studios. Yes. And that was the best show. It was always like, why can't they bring this to Broadway? Why can't, because at the time I lived in New York, right? So that was how I I wanted to see it. And I was like, it has such great music and they would run up and down the aisles. It was before Lion King had been on Broadway. So it was really before we kind of, I was absolutely devastated when they took that show away and clearly still am because it's 2020 and I'm still talking about it. (laughs) So David, what I'm hearing from Jane is, can you make that happen, please? Thank you. Uh, We would like to see that. I would like to see that. I'll I'll admit that that's before my time. So I've shared, but when I was a kid, when Hunchback came out, I definitely submitted a ride idea to Disney Imagineering. <laughs> love it, uh, love it. Send it in again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, theatrical about it. And and it is cool now that there's Disney on Broadway and, you know, whether you see Frozen at California Adventure or on Broadway or, you know, Lion King, there's, we learn that these Disney stories are universal and we love seeing them on stage. You know, the storytelling at its finest. Agreed. For sure, for sure. Teresa, what about you? What's your, what's your favorite? I mean, clearly it was the Barbie show that used to be in Epcot. I mean, is that is that not everybody's favorite? You brought about like awesome 80s and like that's instantly right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, for mine, it's not necessarily a impressive show or the best show, but the one I have the closest connection to is the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular yes. in Disney's Hollywood Studios. Yes. And Part of it is because that's a very vivid memory I have from my very first Walt Disney World vacation. I don't really remember any other shows we saw then, but that one I distinctly remember. It helps that it's right across right across the way from Gertie the Dinosaur, so clearly I spend a lot of time in that general area. But just as a person who... I love film. I love the behind the scenes. Uh, rewatched Raiders of the Lost Ark. And it's so impressive how you see they brought these, these amazing stunts and these amazing, you know, almost shot for shot scenes from the movie and put them into a theme park and kind of show people, you know, this is, this is how we create that. Um, here's how we do it safely. Uh, and giving, I love the show too, because it's one of the few, it gives 
guests a chance to be in the show. And I think when we're at Disney, we always feel walking around like we're in the movies, we're in the show, we're in Disney. But it's just one of those really unique get called and actually get to participate in something Disney. And wasn't that, I mean, I remember that show as well, but I feel like on every ABC sitcom in the 90s, they were advertising. Like, <laughs> they always showed up at that show, like whether yes. it was Full House or Boy Meets World. Well, so again, Full House, I think uh, DJ saw Steve, you know, cracking cracking the whip yeah, at the show. Totally. So, yes, like it's, yes, you know, it's, yes, that's totally it's right. an opening day, opening day Hollywood Studios or MGM Studios at the time attraction. And the fact that we still have it is, I think that's so impressive, that longevity. <laughs> Well, we kind of still have it. I mean, it exists. It's just not running right now. Um, But we do have the fantastic video that the cast members put together, which was so much fun. Uh, I think we shared that in the Facebook group. If not, we'll find it and we'll go share it in the Facebook group because I loved it. It was the Indiana Stunt Show Spectacular guys, like all doing their stunts all around Orlando, I guess, you know, getting excited. And their houses. And their houses and stuff. It was a lot of fun. Uh, okay, so for me, I'm going to cheat a little bit um, for two reasons. One, I will admit that I am not a huge – when I'm in a theme park, I'm all about the rides. I am all about the rides, and I don't got no time to sit and watch shows. Like, that's not my thing. I have seen a lot of shows, but they've always been like I've been dragged in kicking and screaming or ugh, mm-hmm. nothing else is going on or the lines are too long. I might as well sit here and watch this. The exception being, for sure, Disneyland. I loved Aladdin. I never missed it. Anytime I was in Disneyland, I went and I saw Aladdin. I feel very strongly that um, Frozen was a good replacement. Not as good as Aladdin. I still loved Aladdin more, but I really enjoyed that. But I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to talk a little bit, because I did my um, Disney College of Knowledge for travel agents today, and they were talking all about the Disney Cruise Lines. And Jane... Mm -hmm. Yes. We loved it so much. We went back twice, and like I never do that. But we went. Jane it's and I true. went on a we went on a cruise <laughs> together, and uh, on board the Disney Dream, they were doing Beauty and the Beast, and it was just blowing my mind that we were on a ship first of all, and then we were rolling through all these waves. Because I remember the first night we saw it, it was actually a fairly uh, pr- pretty bumpy night, and these yeah. actors and actresses they just like they didn't miss a beat. They put on this amazing, incredible, I mean, Broadway, caliber, everything. I looked at Jane because I'm easily impressed, but I know she's from New York and I know she's seen every show there is to see. And I was like, that was good, right? And she was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm going to give my nod to is to these um, amazing uh, things that they do on the cruise lines. It is so impressive and so worth your time to go and watch the show at least once, if not every night that you can. I was definitely super impressed with that show. And to it being a little jaded, surprising, I know, because I have such a sparkling personality. (laughs) But I was like, this is not going to be Broadway. Everybody keeps saying it's Broadway caliber shows, but like none of y'all have ever actually seen this stuff. And I had seen Beauty and the Beast multiple times and I was absolutely blown away. As you know, I was like, can we go back and see it again the next night they run in? <laughs> yep. And we did because it was that good. Yeah. yeah. And then I ran, I, that was the top of my list when I went on my cruise falling. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just going to see it again. Yeah. So yeah, there's so, there's so many good ones in the parks. And I think that's one of these things that um, Jane and I have both been to the parks since they've reopened David and 
I think the entertainment, I mean, we know why they're not doing it, just as you are sitting dark um, up there in New York. We know why it's not happening, but I think it's it's definitely a magical miss. Like it's, we miss it. We miss them. We miss these these experiences. And, you know, it's, it's funny when you were describing the magic of Fantasmic and how it just like appears. I hadn't thought about it that way, but you, that's exactly what it is. And that's what makes that Disneyland version, I mean, amongst a million other things, so much better than Walt Disney World. Trust me, we're, we're kind of pro Disneyland over here. Um, we don't, yeah. <laughs> none of us, none of us get there enough because we're all on the East Coast now, but we, we all very much love the original park and, um, yeah. and hope that uh, someday we get to go back. <laughs> Soon, and I. What's funny is, is something that I've realized for quite some time, and, and Teresa kind of hit on this too, which is Disneyland is the original. It's artistic. It's quaint. It it's magical in a way. And the other one is really big. There's something for everyone. Mm-hmm. Some things are maybe more. I'm trying to say this very PC. Potentially more care in the producing of it and time. Other yes. things might be coming out a little faster. But I distinctly remember when I was. I was must have been in middle school and I was waiting. We were going to see the second viewing of Fantasmic, which was 1030. And we were waiting and and if you're standing there in the right time and place, you can see when Peter Pan was in Fantasmic, rest in peace. <laughs> the pirates and Wendy and Peter and Captain Hook were all, they're on the boat as it turns the bend, all during Monstro, all that stuff. And whispered to us right on the dock, like, oh, we see you and Wendy's waving at us. And it was that moment of, I know they're in a show, but I also know they're real, but I've worked on shows. I think they're just putting on a show. It was so blurred. Mm-hmm. And again, that's, I think, the joy of theater and Disney parks are so one and the same. Whether it's a dark ride and they're audio animatronics, or it's a Broadway musical and they're <laughs> breathing humans, it's the same experience. We want to be told a story and feel things and potentially you're either watching a boulder almost kill a man or you're actually in a ride vehicle <laughs> going underneath that but it's the same adrenaline it's it, it's yes exactly what you just said and i loved how you said disneyland is kind of theater um because I, I think like when you said that i was like oh that kind of explains it all right it's like one is like smaller and curated and and special and and castles made of stone and brick yes and then the other one is sort of and don't get me wrong i live three miles it's you know my favorite place to go i'll be there in three days but Mm. it's sort of produced and Mm -hmm. you know it's it's produced for the masses and that really is the difference between what makes them special so but we have to understand that art is subjective always there's no such thing as a good show or a bad show it's whether we like it or not so whether you like the Barbie show, that's awesome. We're not going to say if it's good <laughs> or bad or, you know, if we love Finding Nemo or whatever love it is. Finding Nemo. <laughs> we have to just say like, that's great. And maybe I'm not the target audience for this show, but I'm glad it's there. And, and, and that's what's cool about Disney. There's something for everyone. And even though I've yet to go on a cruise ship, I love that the shows are so great. A lot of my friends from the Broadway community design and direct and write for the shows. I've been fortunate enough to meet with those Imagineers and, because it's my dream to direct, you know, I've gotten to direct Tony winners, but I really want to direct Mickey Mouse in a show. That's kind of, that's kind of where I want to be. You know, aim for the I top, David. Oh, a thousand percent. Like Mickey, cross stage left. And I want you to like sing here. And this is your objective. That's, because I, okay, pal. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly right. I just I'm looking it up right now, but I saw today that you can watch the Tangled show from yeah. the cruise ships um, online, and I haven't gotten a chance to check it out, but I definitely want to um, check that out because I know that I won't be cruising anytime soon. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think anybody's going to be cruising anytime soon. But we'll put that link in the show notes uh, for people to see. And uh, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely, if you get a chance, I want you to um, let us know when you get that big break and you get to direct Mickey Mouse. Because I think all of our dreams would like be coming true through you and we'd be like six degrees of separation of Mickey if that ever happens. So for sure. When I (laughs) definitely let us know. (laughs) When I met with them the first time, the Imagineers were so kind to me and they said, You have a really wonderful New York resume. What makes you want to direct in the parks? And I said, Well, it's my dream. And they were like, Oh, that's interesting. But it it truly (laughs) It truly is. is about creating a show that's meant for families and non-families, whoever it is, but there's a magic that when a show at Disneyland starts, we lean forward. And as much as I love Broadway shows and theater and it's it's my passion, there's something that when I hear sit back and relax, it's like, I don't want to sit back and relax. I want to lean forward and, and get ready to engage with this. Mm-hmm. And Disney does that super well. They do. So we would love to hear from our listeners if you guys have a special show either on a cruise line or on Broadway or in the parks, go ahead and let us know. Um, Send us the shows that don't get enough love or join our Facebook group, No Guilt Disney on Facebook. Yeah, let's make this one a uh, memorable uh, memorable moments. Like if you have an experience um, with one of these shows that you can remember, uh, like for example, I have one that my kids were sharing with me about the Lion King from my son Luke back when he was like six years old. And I didn't even remember it happened. I think I was so engrossed with what was happening with these monkeys flipping all over the place and um, all this craziness. And he was like, yes, mom, you didn't see me get out. Out and be part of the show and I was like nope uh, so yeah good parenting nope. moment there <laughs> but um, I'm sure you guys have a much yeah. better story uh, than mine to share so send us your memorable moments uh, put it in the Facebook group or send us the email ad- uh, email address is noguiltdisneypod at gmail.com and uh, yeah let us know and then uh, we will we'll share those as well on an upcoming episode Right. And we definitely wanted to give David a big thank you for joining us today. And I wanted to give you a chance too. Um, I know your podcast is relatively new, but if our listeners were curious, if they wanted to check it out, do you have a specific episode that you would suggest for them to kind of get started? Sure. Uh, and to learn more too, you can visit eticketpodcast.com and also on Instagram, eticket to Broadway. I would, I'm kind of sending most people to the trailer, which is 11 minutes, because each episode is so distinct based on the person. Um, so when you have Susan Egan, who is a Disney legend, to then the next episode of Andrew Barth Feldman, who is Evan Hansen on Broadway, and he's 18 years old, it's a totally different vibe. So I'd encourage you to kind of look and see the, what, what's coming up. And you know, it's, it's been really delightful to have Broadway stars, Disney Channel stars, coming up is um, Adina Menzel as, you know, one of the ultimate Broadway Disney overlaps, who was so kind to record an episode. I think there's a lot of fun, but thank you for having me on and, and for sharing your Disney love with me. And I get to share my Disney love with you. It's a much happier place when we can all share wonderful things. 
Agreed. Absolutely. (laughs) And make sure you keep joining us each week on the No Guilt Disney podcast, because as Patty likes to say, it's no fun to fangirl Disney alone. Bye, y'all. say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 